it's Cameron, and welcome to Brain Juice. Today we are talking to Aurora, a young woman who worked in the industry we all know exists, but know very little about, sex work. Aurora asked that we use her code name and edit her voice to maintain her anonymity as she speaks about what being a sugar baby, as she likes to be called, means for her personal life, financial decisions, and safety. So, Aurora, why did you get started in this career? What was the appeal to you? To live. Yeah, I could have worked a 40-hour week, and I could have done X, Y, and Z while going to school, but I've always been a sexual object, so why not get paid for it? The idea to me, like, so I, I was first introduced to this uh, with a friend. They were like, oh my God, you get paid to go on dates with people. And all you have to do is listen and sit there and look cute. And then you get paid like hundreds of dollars. And immediately I was like, that's not fucking true. That's not how it happens. I don't know what in my, li- my lizard brain was like, mm, no. I immediately knew. I was like, you can't, that's not how that's not how time works. I don't know. And so I did a shit ton of research. And also the friend that was telling me this was fucking gorgeous. And so I was saying to myself, yeah, maybe you can be arm candy, but like, I'm just a regular looking person. And, you know, like I have very distinctive features that people have opinions about. You know, I'm not some objectively hot person. I'm not someone that you're going to bring to a charity event. And it's not like pretty woman style, right? Mm. So I was kind of like, that's where I knew that it would be different for me. And then with more and more research, I realized that that's how it has to be for any woman of color that decides to do this Mm. is that it's that much harder after doing this research what what was the image of like the job to you what did you feel like the job description was or did that come after you started working right well It didn't really change actually. From before and after I did the majority of my research, it didn't change. I needed to be an elegant, smart, but not too smart sexual object. I need to embody a desire. I need to be empty enough for them to project a fantasy onto me. And I have to have very expensive clothing. So it's kind of like dress for the job you want or like investing in yourself to make money later. That's kind of what I did. Only I would, I would like go to Forever 21 and feel all the fabrics and like go fuck, (laughs) you know, getting an $8 dress. And anyway, so I remember my first day, but at the same time I was in, I didn't want to get recognized. I didn't want to get found out, right? Yeah. Like I've I have I've always had roommates. So how do I go? Like, where are you going? And I was like, fucking heels, strapless dress. You didn't tell me you were seeing a boy. 
Like, I didn't see a man, like an old man. Anyway, the first day I went on, I was like, okay, you wear a turtleneck and you wear skinny jeans and like, we're going to a burger shop. So it was pretty casual. Um, well, and that's like the first red flag, right? And he ended up, that was terrible. My first experience with this was awful, but I didn't know anything. Uh, in the Uber home, he started like touching my leg and being really handsy. And I still thought he might be giving me something at the end of the trip. And he didn't. And I felt so angry. And I feel like that bitterness and that anger has not left me. <laughs> and, you know, then my second date was very, again, very casual. And I'm like, fuck, you know, like, I thought I was supposed to be like Jessica Rabbit, like <laughs> not out here. I don't know. My roots are coming in. Like, I don't have enough money to do any of the things. So like, anyway. So that person, that was one of the worst experiences I've ever had. I was sexually assaulted. I was held up in his room uh, because he wouldn't give me money, the amount that we had promised. And when he did, it was $400. And again, I felt so defeated. I felt disgusting. I felt all these really terrible emotions because I knew I was getting taken advantage of. And that kind of clicked in my brain. And him and I had seen each other a couple times before that. So I had saved up enough money to kind of like take a month break. And I did so much fucking work. Like, half of the time you're just talking to people online most of the time and trying to see like oh is this guy gonna murder me because like he thinks he's gonna give me money I don't know and then I finally I finally went on a date with a guy and it was very nice <laughs> it was upscale and like at one of my favorite LA restaurants and Oh, it was very nice and he was very respectful and kind of docile. And I was like, yeah, yeah, excellent. We love it. We love to see it. You know, like, I think once he met me and saw that I wasn't going to take off, he gave me, he slipped me an envelope, $300. He's like, we don't have, I'm just here for another 30 minutes. If you want to stay, I really enjoy your company. I was like, this is how you're supposed to fucking do it. Like, this is how it's supposed to be done. And we went on a couple more dates and we never ended up doing anything, but I listened to him about his wife. We did nothing. I sat there and he asked for advice about how to get back together with his wife. I mean, I didn't really like it. I'm not cut out to be a therapist, but that's what most of this has been is carrying other people's traumas must be heavy. Yeah. But I mean, I was drunk for most of it. Like, 
the whole time I was just like, oh, okay, like <laughs> drink up. <laughs> and then I, you know, I met the person that was the most consistent. And at first I was like, oh, this guy's a weirdo. And then after like we grabbed coffee and I was like, red flag, I'm just gonna leave. But he was really fascinating to talk to, so I stayed and then he actually gave me money after. And I was like, oh my God. This is how it's supposed to be done. Gosh. Yeah, the next person was very kind and understanding. And I don't want to jinx anything because I'm still seeing him. <laughs> Anytime I've been in extreme distress or an emergency has happened, he has been there very casual guy you know like you wouldn't look at him and be like oh he's got money yeah. no you wouldn't you wouldn't think that but he also doesn't flaunt but he smells good so <laughs> that's important how did you get the courage to continue was it that this was how you were surviving um yeah, but how, how did you get the courage to continue after those first two terrible ex- experiences? Um, I was fueled by anger. Mm. And sometimes that can be very powerful. Yeah. Um, and it also made me more than ever be extremely crass about, be extremely clear to everyone that I was seeing was that my time is not free. And so it it was nice that the third time I did get something because I was kind of like, I'm gonna let this go. I don't know how long I would have stayed in it if nothing happened, if that makes sense. Like if, if someone, like if nothing, if no one had paid you or? Yeah, if no one, if people weren't respectful to me, like if I chose people to go on a date with that wasn't respectful to me, which I have gone on dates with so many disrespectful people, I was like, you have to meet them, right? That was the thing, isn't it? Because I have a preference too. I get a say in who I'm talking to, right? Yeah. But what was the courage knowing that my future depended on it because there's there's absolutely no way I would be where I am today without having made that first decision that this is that my future depends on this and my future depended on it because I chose it to do you know what I mean like I said this is something I want I want to be able to be this rich, but I also want to, I want to make my own money in a more traditional setting. And I guess that hasn't stopped me. I also learned that I can be creative and I can have this lifestyle that, um, that I'm extremely fulfilled by without having and I can make money doing that it's just whether or not you're going to market yourself whether or not you're going to like 
do the right strategies or not be afraid of selling yourself literally yeah that will be whether or not you can make a living off of something you like doing you feel it has been empowering sometimes yeah ask me in like a couple months <laughs> no i think very much so i think absolutely for me at least it's been i think it's been empowering because i can identify the agency that i have over myself i can identify when i'm being a sexual perceived as a sexual object mm-hmm. like i i understand when these factors are like coming together but i guess it's empowering like definitely having sex for money is not empowering it, like that i wouldn't say is empowering but once you get that money that's oh my god what does this look like as a career how do the financials work no one ever talks about this because mm-hmm. uh it's illegal <laughs> because uh there's this sense there's this feeling of competition because so many women get scammed when they are doing this sort of thing or they just you know it's it's really not safe so you really can't ask right it's mm-hmm. kind of like don't ask don't tell what do you think you're worth right yeah. and that's that's just so demeaning because you can't it's not you that you're putting a price tag on it's your company your service your whatever you're offering i guess but sorry $700 yeah that's like a pretty and that's for one date and then i get on an allowance that's something that i like to do because i don't like having um more than a certain, like I don't like having more than $5,000 of cash on me when I'm moving around and stuff. Oh, I was going to say then you get into like the nitty-gritty details about taxes and how, you know, strippers, how do they file taxes and how do uh massage therapists and like all these people that are getting paid in an immediate non-taxable income how are we supposed to earn a living essentially do you feel like you're able to support yourself on this allowance and type of job i do however every cent that i make goes into my tuition so um i do not live comp- like i because i have no financial support from my family specifically okay so what i made in 2 years allowed me to pretty much live on my own we were in a relationship we weren't seeing each other for a year about a year and a half and it hasn't always been consistent so um let's just say so i guess it's 500 sorry it's 
700 every single time that we meet, whether or not there's sexual activity going on. Um, but when there, I guess, is an allowance, there's more stability. And also, he was he, because he wasn't giving me that amount every single time. I did like all this cost analysis and like apparent like my rate like it was actually more like $1,200 every time we would see each other. So that's kind that was kind of the goal. Mm. And even though I was making um, not every month, but uh, for the better part of the year, about $4,000 every month, I was well, I was 18, so I did this stupidest shit with the money, right? Like, I was, I had no concept of saving. So this is what the thing, oh, I would tell my younger self this. Oh, my God. <laughs> because I had never had an, oh, no, like, I never got a Gucci bag. I never got things that were a lot of money, mm -hmm. but I would go get organic food I don't like and I would go and I would get my legs waxed at a nice place and I would you know I got my hair done and that was the first time I had ever been to a salon I just cut my hair by myself usually just like trim off the edges it's fine and I was able to give thousands of dollars to my siblings because that was the most important thing was that if I'm doing okay then I think you should too like why you don't need to worry about your rent this month save up your money so that's pretty much what I did with the cash <laughs> um is I would give it to other people or I would donate or whatever just in order and a lot of it I saved up but I was really stupid with it mm. Um, I would, I bought my friend a wetsuit once. Wetsuits are expensive, but I was like running around town. Like I was like, oh, I need a 16 step skincare routine. I went to Macy's and I fucking, but again, these are things that it's like, oh, I got new makeup, right? Mm -hmm. Didn't get, I got like Too Faced. I would get regular shit, but I would, it cost a lot of money because I didn't have anything. And so when it came to like investing, I saved up money and I took myself on a trip, on a very long trip. And I was able to do things that I found interesting without working a 40 hour work week, which isn't a problem, but it's hard to do that if you're in school and trying to get into an esteemed university. Mm -hmm. And then once I got into that esteemed university, I was in serious debt. Like, what did I do with my money? <laughs> I think a lot of it was, um, I had saved up a lot and well, I paid off one of my student loans. Mm -hmm. And that's fucking amazing. <laughs> I'm like so proud of myself for that. And I've been, where, where does the money go? Everywhere, because I have a phone bill and I have insurance and I have books. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, so yeah, I saved up enough money to live fairly comfortable, fairly comfortably for about a year. And those expenses really add up. 
I'm sure I would do really well if I were seeing more than one person. Nothing, there's nothing wrong with seeing more than one person for my own safety and for my own mental health. It's better for me just to handle one thing at a time. Yeah. And I've actually been lucky enough to have one long-term, about three years. Yeah. Was that a better experience than dealing with more people? More people at the same time? Yeah, it it has been. Mm-hmm. And there have been times where we've, you know, taken breaks and such, but... Does it become hard to separate, like, personal feelings from this as work? Um, yeah. Yeah. I broke off. I like pretty much quit my job. (laughs) Right. I quit my job to see someone else. The decision I made that I'm, that I feel lucky to have uh, learned from. (laughs) And I feel lucky enough to be able to quote unquote, get the job back. But be able to feel safe and do you feel safe in this job um no and yes mm-hmm. I guess like with the quote-unquote regulars yes because I've long-term like people that I've gotten to know and since I've been a therapist I you know what I mean like I'm it's not coming over and being intimate it's hours of conversation about why they got divorced or why you know they felt unloved by their parents when they were younger these are guys that are like 60 65 66 and you see this at the same time you see this part of human vulnerability that you never even think about as when I was as an 18 year old I never thought about anyone older than 40 as even having opinions or (laughs) I don't know or having having childhood trauma I think that was the biggest thing for me was realizing that everyone has trauma Mm -hmm. and even like some of the people I've been with don't really have You know, I would say they've led very, very, very privileged lifestyles, but yet there's still this vulnerability and this fear from childhood that they've that they've kept all along, that they've always held on to, and that have made some of their relationships fail and some of their decisions not good, like hiring a sex worker. Mm. (laughs) Saying it's a bad decision. I think we should legalize it because the rape rates actually like in London, it's like 45%. It's something astonishing. Like once you legalize people being able to seek out and pay for pleasure, the hostility rates towards women just kind of go down because you know you can always just like, I don't know, pay for it. And then that bleeds into my personal life because Mm -hmm. I see having straight sex as work. 
it also makes me really not want to date. Um, up until recently, you know, it's actually been easier for me to separate that this is not my real life because I'm gay. And it's been easier for me to disassociate. And then the more and more I got more in touch with my, the more I got in touch with my mental health and the more I learned to love myself, the harder it's been. See, I feel like you're kind of talking to me at the very back end of, for me, what I would say, my career in this. Yeah, career is a strong word. But yeah. it really, it's a good word. It's a good word to use because I am so fucking good at it. No, I, there you go. I'm, I'm not going to apologize for that, but it's because I've done it so, for so long and for, you know, many, many times. I've done it, it, done the dirty. Mm -hmm. Um, I've noticed that the dates that I go on are so boring <laughs> because I'm too good at it. Mm. Because I know exactly what to expect and I know exactly, you know, what they say and what they mean and how to find out what they actually mean. And, but that's not the reason why I'm stopping. I'm stopping because I want to have a very successful career another career mm -hmm. i want to do things that i don't have to hide from people or be secretive or um yeah i i think i really i know it's the end of my career or my time doing this because i want to be myself and i don't want to be a fantasy for someone else and I can, and that's fine. When I say I'm at the end, it doesn't mean I'm stopping tomorrow, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, well, here are some things that I'd like to do to ensure financial stability for a 401k. What is the, the one thing that you would say you've taken away from the situation? Um, mm. Oh my gosh, there we go. I've taken away, or I have myself. I, I don't know if this specifically, like if I would have gotten here without doing all of that, but as of two months ago, I was like, oh my God, I, I love myself. And that is just the most powerful thing. I'm not suicidal. And that doesn't sound like, oh, kind of like you shouldn't be, but it's been a consistent thing throughout my life. And so that's empowering. The will to live is empowering. We do like to ask one question to finish all the interviews. And that's, what are, like, what are you grateful for in relation to this um, experience or just in life? I'm grateful that I've been able to make mistakes and not have them catastrophically ruin my life. Mm -hmm. Money can make it so that if you make 
a bad spending habit or choice. I mean, like, I'm not going to say money is everything, but there is a certain number which Americans ideally will have in their bank accounts that make them less stressed. I'm grateful that I've been able to make mistakes and actually learn from them. And I'm grateful that I've been able to find myself in the echo chamber of other people's depictions of who I am. Because up until last year, I was a mirror. Do you have any last thoughts, comments, concerns? Maybe if I can just like anyone who's listening, it's not easy. (laughs) Anyone who's listening, you may think it's like all handbags and just going out to dinner, but it is physically, mentally taxing. And this is probably going to, you know, when I close the chapter, this is going to be one of the hardest jobs I've ever had. And I know that with certainty, I could be a landfill uh, plastic separator and this, and our like physically labor-inducing job. I don't know, this is the hardest. And also, if you expect money, you have to perform in any sense of your life. Well, thank you, Cameron, so much for being interested in in what this world looks like to me yeah and that means a lot I haven't had a lot of opportunities to share my story no thank you Aurora for coming forward and sharing something that is a real human experience that is so easily hidden from public view that takes a lot of courage and we are so grateful to have had you on the show well That's it for today. Thanks everyone for listening and stay tuned for our next episodes.